0: And now, brought to you by Guru Energy Drinks, good energy, smart organics, www.guruenergy.com. Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Cluck and
1: Zach Bartles. Hey there! Welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Pluck, joined as always by uh, the great Zachary Bartle. Zach, how are you today, man?
0: Spectacular, dude! Spectacular. I had uh, I had a salad for lunch for the hmm. fifth consecutive day.
1: Wow! Wow! Yeah, and you're just shedding weight like uh, like crazy. What do you What are you down to, man? What's the What's Dude, the- I'm, I'm not down. That's
0: the thing that's frustrating. I went, I went, uh, you know, to Dallas for the writing conference. Then I went to uh, to kind of the Dallas of the North, which is Alpena, Michigan, for another. Oh, absolutely, uh, the book Dallas of the North. Just a <laughs> just
1: a big, thriving, cosmopolitan city, Alpena, and very
0: hot. You know.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: but everywhere I went, it was all like pastries, and you know, oh here's here's your boxed lunch, or you know, here's your your. Here's some fried bread with some
1: fried meat in it. <laughs> right.
0: So I'm and trying. to The whole to get thing that. is
1: smothered with cheese.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what makes it a delicacy.
1: You know, nacho cheese. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, what are we looking at now, man? How much do you weigh?
0: Man, I'm I'm still at uh, about 205. 205, dude. That's
1: that's trim. Fighting trim.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I want to get I want to get down another 10. I can't believe we're having this discussion, much less you know, kind of quote unquote in front of people. Dude, so you
1: you want to be down to a buck day. 95, man. That is so lean. Well, you knew me when I was that when I was that weight. Did I really? When yeah. when, were you, when were you a buck 95?
0: Uh 2008, 2009. Mm. All right. What what were you uh what were you weighing when we boxed? Uh probably 220.
1: 220? Okay. Yeah. So you're a little bigger. That's what I thought when we were uh when we were boxing.
0: Bigger, lumbering, slower.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um Baby, I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about something that uh, that's exciting for our company, and I feel like it re- it represents a huge step forward for us at Gutcheck, uh, and that is we are going to get into the business of uh, uh, of telling people how to uh, navigate the publishing waters. Man, talk about uh, talk about the new book that we've got ready to ready to go.
0: Well, Ted, you know, we, before we came out with the Smoking Companion, and mm-hmm. also before we came out with the uh, Chas Maria book, we had. You know, three or four ideas, and we were like, oh, one of these we're going to do, and then we kind of settled on one and said, yeah, this is the one. This, should, this is what we should do. Yeah. But neither of our hearts were in it. We were trying to convince yeah. ourselves and each other. Yeah, yeah. And then sudden inspiration struck in right. each case. Uh, and that happened again this time because yeah. uh, we were just about to move forward on, on something else, maybe. I don't know. We were talking about moving forward on something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then we had this idea. Uh, after, actually after a couple things happened uh, in in our our personal lives mm-hmm. namely my personal life uh <laughs> where it would be awesome if gut check came out with the gut check guide to publishing
1: yes and yes. Uh,
0: i think this is going to be dude i think this is going to overshadow the smoking book um which dude is... i know those
1: are uh, those are those are big words man and that's setting the bar really high but i i agree i happen to agree and i think you know, given where you and I are at in our careers, I mean, having had our own publishing company now for a few years, but also having done uh, a lot of publishing uh, things in the traditional world, um, having a lot of traditionally published works, uh, I, I think we're ready, man. And I think uh, I think the industry needs this book. I'm stoked about it.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, the the smoking book wrote itself because all we ever were doing was hanging out smoking cigars and talking about, you know, the different aspects of cigar exactly. culture. So exactly. we just wrote them down. In this case, I mean, we've already, you and I led uh, workshops at different conferences and and things on this very topic uh, indie versus traditional, hybrid, how to do what, when to do what. So I think it's going to be awesome.
1: Zach, we've lived it, man. We've lived this book, you and me. This comes from a
0: combined one, no, no, (laughs) 1.7 or 1.78 approximately decades of (laughs) of indie. (laughs) And uh, traditional combined, and if you start factoring in when you wrote before we started Gut Check, I mean you were already yeah. a seasoned author when we got into that that ball yeah. game. Yeah. When did you When did you get your
1: first book deal, man? Two thousand
0: two.
1: no first book first book deal. I think I got the deal in two thousand four, two thousand five, somewhere around there. So okay. yeah, but uh, but I was writing professionally, doing magazine stuff and uh, and all that way before then. So starting in the late nineties, I started doing that. So.
0: So you're like the grizzled old wise mm. you know, and I'm and I'm kind of the bright eyed uh what was the word? Fresh faced. Fresh faced. <laughs> Not yeah. yet uh you know Worldly wise, not yet broken and and not and yet jaded. broken
1: and grizzled and, and ruined like me. <laughs> actually, you know? I
0: think that all happened to me last week. It did. <laughs> I mean, actually, you idea. are grizzled
1: and ruined now. So, <laughs> well, welcome aboard, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you.
0: <laughs> I feel different. The world looks different. It looks darker. I
1: Feel different. It's darker. It's scarier. It's sadder. Um,
0: <laughs> I feel like on on Home Alone two. When yeah. uh, young Kevin got into the taxi cab because it, the the people in the park were freaking him out, and he said it's scary out there. And then yeah. the taxi cab turned and looked at him, and like one eye was like all messed up, and he was like, "It's not much better in here, kid." <laughs> That's like my life right now, man. Nice, baby. And it's nice. from the back of that cab that we're gonna write this uh, this book.
1: You know, you know what's good about our life right now? What's that? I feel like it's great the way that people who listen to this podcast. So the loyal kind of gut check army members, uh, loyal weekly listeners to the gut check podcast, both here and abroad, uh, in Germany. Uh, I feel like, um, I feel like people are are really getting on board with this idea of sending us free stuff, like sending us stuff that we like. Just sort of out of the blue it's like they're um,
0: waiting for us to stop asking before they would start
1: sending yes it's like they are waiting for, and, and let me be clear I'm not asking with this statement I'm just saying that it's something that we like and uh, we've had well obviously we had Weebus's uh, you know generosity a couple of weeks ago with uh, the lashing supplies and the drinks and um, there's another gentleman uh, who works for a uh, a tobacco shop in the south in the uh, the great state of Alabama who is uh, gonna send us some some free products so. Uh, yeah, very yeah. stoked about that. and very grateful uh, for that. It's great to hear from listeners, even if you don't have stuff to give. It's uh, it's still great to hear from you. But but I will be honest. I just want to be upfront in saying that it's even greater uh, <laughs> to hear from you and also get stuff from you.
0: Absolutely. This came from a guy named Jacob Hale. Now we haven't gotten Jake. the stuff yet, but I I can tell by the tone uh, in his in his email that he's not just uh, he's not just dangling this out there. He's he's going to send us some smokes. And uh, I have dubbed him, and I just want to clear this with you in committee here, Ted. Yeah, sure. The, the CTO of Gut Check, in the Gut Check Army. That's the chief tobacco officer.
1: Oh, nice, man. Although I, I feel like Tim uh, Socher is, is kind of the longstanding and, and forever chief tobacco officer at Gut Check. Mm. So this, this guy may need to be a lieutenant tobacco officer. There Alt- it is.
0: Yeah. Alt- you're, you're very right there. I, I, I apologize uh, for, for that premature promotion. Baby, you know what? That's
1: why we have meetings in this company. I, I feel like it, it's really important for us to sit down every week and just uh, just go over company business, and uh, I feel like we took care of an important piece of it right there.
0: You know, between Tim's just largesse yes and kindness mm. and our trading uh, books for product, I don't remember the last time I bought a cigar at Tim's uh, Fine Tobacco's in Bay City.
1: Dude, I know it, man. That guy's the best. And honestly, if you can allow me to give a little emo here for a minute, man, I, I really do miss that. I miss... Uh, I miss seeing Tim. I miss uh hanging out at his shop there in Bay City and uh all the all the great smokes we had there and the the laughs and the fun times, man. We'll uh, we'll definitely do that again when I get back uh back up north. Nice. Yeah. So, baby, let's talk about this book a little bit more, man. I feel like the world is going to uh, really embrace this. Now, what are we going to have in this guide to uh, to publishing? we got Check Guide to Publishing.
0: This is how I know this book is going to happen and it's going to be great because this has always <laughs> been the case for the books that we we really do well with because people know that we poured ourselves into them is when I start getting emails from you that are like, I wrote some more. And then like <laughs> four hours later, hey, I wrote some more for the book. And, and it's just kind of compounding. And then I have to start trying to catch up. Um, yeah, and you've already written several sections. Uh, punk rock publishing. When to go yep. indie and how to go yep. indie. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't have it in front of me. Do you have it, dude? I don't have the manuscript in front of me because I uh, I tried to open it and it's it's doing that weird thing. Do you do you ever get this on your computer where it has the little square that has the title of the uh, of of the document, but then um, in the little square where it's usually white and you can see like the the document, it's just blank. Um, so I don't know why. So it's, sad, dude. I know. I've, I've got a blank space, as, uh, as Taylor Swift would
0: say. But um... <laughs> Here's what I've got, man. I just opened it up. Uh, when, when and how, uh, why to go indie, uh, then we'll have a chapter on how to. And, uh-huh. and honestly, when you learn from us about indie publishing, you learn at least as much from what we've completely botched and, and our huge failures as you do from our successes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Money talks, when and why to stay traditional. Uh, how to handle various types of editors in Christian publishing, and Ted, there's a little announcement on that front, right?
1: Yeah, now I actually have that. Uh, I have that open, and I'm, I'm maybe uh, with your permission, I'm going to read a couple of those. Uh, but that is going to be our next, uh, our next bit of uh, of free goodness for Gut Check Army subscribers. So if you're in the army, uh, if you've enrolled, if you've enlisted, as it were, uh, you're going to get an email uh, later today or tomorrow from the show uh with this uh with this content
0: in it but it but yeah this was something didn't we write this for a talk zach uh you wrote it yeah you i think you wrote it for um catharsis and then you used it in a in a couple of talks that we did kent district library and then uh, the breeding conference
1: i wrote it i think actually just to be clear and honest in a fit of rage (laughs) i I think it was the situation which you know kind of disturbingly is how a lot of our projects have started but uh but I did, and I wrote a piece called "How to How to Handle Various Types of Editors in Christian Publishing," and uh, I'm just going to read uh, a couple of these. This one is called "Your Grandfather." All right, so this is a this is a character type, this is an editor type in Christian publishing. Uh, this is your grandfather. This guy has been in the business for 120 years and got his start stapling together the mimeographed copies of Dwight Moody's newsletters, which he then sold out of the back of Dwight Moody's horse-drawn carriage. <laughs> <laughs> He wears short-sleeved dress shirts, and there are things in the chest pocket that include pens, a notebook, and one of those pin-like things that you use to check the tire pressure in your car's tires. <laughs> you know those things old guys carry a, them around. A tire gauge, yeah. The tire gauge, yeah. He'll call you on the phone a lot because he doesn't do email and prefers to do things like make editorial queries awkwardly on the phone. All of that to say, he's really grandfatherly. He won't get any of your pop cultural references. He'll think your attempts at humor are unnecessary and your language will strike him as irreverent, even if you weren't trying to be irreverent. However, <laughs> he's so nice that you won't push back, and the result will be a book that sounds like it was written by a grandfather, if that grandfather also occasionally references madmen. <laughs> Note, that book will be your best-selling title to date. <laughs> All right, I'm going uh, to read one more, maybe. Uh, this one is called The Frustrated Wannabe Author. This is most editors, to be honest. They got into the business because they majored in English, they love books, and as such, they want to write books, and maybe they even have. That said, they've discovered, like most of us do, that you can't make a living in writing without having a quote-unquote real job, and for them, their real job is editor. That said, they think they should be writing your book, and that attitude will show up in the pages and pages of notes they write to you after you turn in your manuscript, notes that sound just a little too polished and sound like they're trying just a little too hard. This editor thinks that nobody is ever as clever as he is, and in fact, he thinks he would do a better job writing your book than you're doing. <laughs> Things to never bring up to this editor. Their book ideas or their published title that didn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> Things you need to convince this editor of. That every good idea is or was his. So, for example, if you don't want to make a particular change, you have to make him think it was his idea to not make the change. <laughs> All right, and I'm going I'm to read, a, there's just one more. There was one, uh, there was one that kind of got dark. Uh, But this is actually the best editor, ironically. This is the best kind. Uh, This is called The Guy With Nothing To Prove. This may be the best editor available, even better than your biggest fan. This editor is younger than your grandfather, but older than the guy who's young enough to be your kid. That's another editorial type. He's seen and done things in the business, no longer dreams of his own authorial stardom, and isn't intimidated by the idea that you might actually become a star one day. That said, this guy is really rare, because what he or she really is is, is just someone with a cool really likable personality and someone who has unloaded the rather large chip that usually resides right here I'm pointing to my shoulder (laughs) people like this are rare in life and if you find one make sure you do what you need to do to spend more time with him or her you'll find that the guy with nothing to prove will actually help your book the finished product will be better and the process won't be miserable you'll end up writing him long soul-bearing pieces of personal correspondence he won't respond Later, you'll find out that he died in a rare fishing accident or, more likely, retired or, even more likely, moved to another publishing company without telling you, meaning that those long, soul-bearing pieces of correspondence are just, like, out there. (laughs) Wow, this really got dark. Also, note to self, see what happened to those emails. (laughs) So that's it. That's a little taste of uh, different editorial types in publishing and how to handle them. And that will be yours for free uh, if you go to gutcheckpress.com today. Post haste and uh, enroll in the Gut Check Army.
0: Now, Ted, I had suggested one one more type of editor. <laughs> yeah, off, you kind did. of off the air. Do you think we should add add that one or?
1: I think we should. Do you think we should just kind of workshop that right now and just sort of write it on the fly as you we go? What?
0: Why don't we kind of? Why don't we sleep on it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, uh, I wonder uh, if you have heard the news from the Twitterverse uh, about our friend who, whose tweets we often read.
1: Oh, probably not. What's the uh, What's the news? She has got uh, a bun in the oven. Oh, no. Wow. Why are you saying no, dude? I don't know. I don't know. That was just a reaction. It just it was an <laughs> honest, like, kind of off-the-cuff thing. It just came out that way. I figured we I... were
0: just going to say congratulations to... No.
1: You know what? That's what I should say. And that's, in fact, what I'm saying now. Congratulations. Yeah, right. You meant, oh, yay. Oh, uh, yeah. I meant, oh, yay. I, you know what? I was saying no about something else. Something... Something caught my eye, like out of the corner of my eye in my periphery, and I was like, oh, I was like, no, but...
0: Uh. <laughs> Here's something that I think of sometimes, once in a while.
1: Something that I think of sometimes is the word no.
0: This, this little child is, is going to have the last name of Held Evans. Okay, is going to marry. Does the
1: child get the hyphenated name? Oh, What's yeah. the etiquette
0: on that? that? I know folks with the with the hyphenated name. I think for a while there, the you know, as the movement was just kind of ramping up, the mom would keep her her name, you know, hyphenated in, and then the kid would just get the dad's name. But uh, yeah. in this case, I would bet green money uh, yeah. that uh, that this kid's getting the the hyphenated name. What yeah. if he goes on to marry like another kind of uh, leftist uh, theologian tweeter? Uh, and, and now we got four names, you know. You're going to be like Held, Evans, Simpson, you know, McDonald. And, and Dude, then yes, that kid I, marries somebody. I mean, where does it stop? No, you know
1: what? You raise a really good question. I mean, do these names just compound? So if if Rachel Held Evans has a daughter and she marries Nadia Boltz-Weber's son, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> no, stay with me. Is, is the kid then named like uh, like...
0: Zach Bolzweber, hell, don't Evans. say That's Zach. What, it would be more like Jerekith or something, some like Jer- yeah, combination Jerickith. of names to make some fakie name, some obscure. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, uh, oh, okay. So, uh, do they just keep compounding the names? Is that how it works? I, I, I don't know. That's the
0: very question I'm asking.
1: Yeah, and and I, I guess what I'm trying to communicate is that you're asking the wrong guy because I have no idea. <laughs> and why would I know? You know what I mean? What's more, why would I know? <laughs> I'm sorry, I asked, man. I was just. I no, I mean I'm not there. mad. That that came out wrong. <laughs> Everything I'm saying today is coming out wrong. Have you noticed
0: it? <laughs> no. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm being insensitive today. Every everything's <laughs> Everyone look at the insensitive man.
0: You know what would help you, I think what? maybe? A little uh congratulatory a spin of the randomizer and and uh, a reading of uh a tweet.
1: Okay, great. I'm going to uh I'm going to fire up the randomizer. Now, do we have a do we have a celebrity reader today? Any anybody in the studio uh with you know, kind of uh, uh, fame. Yeah, yeah Jack Clompus okay. is here. Jack Clompus he is, is here. Yeah, Jack Clompus. Oh, unbelievable! Zach, I'm going to fire up the randomizer right now. Here we go. Ready? Go.
0: Uh-oh. Okay. Here we go, Mr. Klompas, uh, Have a seat here, uh, and and welcome to the Gut Check uh, Podcast. Jack, this
1: is uh, this is Ted Kluck in uh, in Gutcheck Studio South. It's uh, it's a huge honor to have you on the program today, man. And I, I really like your uh uh the, the velour tracksuit look that you're uh, that you're rocking.
0: Thank you. Do me a personal favor. Give me the tweet.
1: All right, uh, Jack, Mr. Columbus, uh, here here's the tweet, and uh, we're honored to have you read
0: this. Let me put on my reading glasses. <laughs> Can you move the computer screen further away? Thank you. <laughs> I think it's a sign of great personal growth that I don't blame everything on Calvinism anymore. Wink face. <laughs> at JessCastKeat helped with that. End parentheses.
1: <laughs> so, Jack, it, it, if I may, if I may lean on you for a little what analysis. What does this
0: even mean? Calvinism anymore.
1: Jack, I know what? we're not...
0: What is this all about?
1: <laughs> Mr. Clampus? I know we're not supposed to talk about the tweets, but... Um... Can I ask you a question about it? Go ahead. So it seemed to me, Jack, that she was sort of uh, congratulating herself for um, not always being mad at Calvinists. Is that how you took it?
0: I don't know what this means, and I don't know what is this. Who is this person? <laughs> Zach, any uh, any insights from Mister Columbus? He he seems he seems agitated. Okay. Uh, and, and now, oh my gosh, now, yeah, he's eating all my cereal, so I don't know. <laughs> no. The cereal that I keep in the studio.
1: That reminds me of the time we had uh, we, we had Terry from the uh, the Authentic New York Publishing House stay at our apartment, and, and all of our cereal was gone in the morning. Remember oh, that?
0: Did I tell you that I was on a panel with somebody, and, and he handed me his card,
1: uh-huh. uh, and
0: it said author, and then on the back was the, the logo from said Authentic New York Publishing House, and you can hear that whole tale... Uh, for sure, in uh, the upcoming Gut Check uh, Guide to Publishing. You know what it
1: occurred it's to me, It's a tell-all,
0: is what it is.
1: It is a tell-all. And you know what? Like As I was writing that content, it occurred to me that these were all the stories that we sort of, in the moment, said that we would never tell publicly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's all the stuff that we had kind of too much integrity to, to actually write or say. Um,
0: and I, but, I think maybe we should talk a little bit about how, how – uh, specific we get with a couple of the stories but but yeah Yeah. this there's a tell-all aspect to it for sure it's a tell-most it's a tell-most it's a it's a tell-most i love it man it's a (laughs) tell-most a a tell-most book oh man so instead of being like a big tell-all bomb it's kind of a tell-most firecracker it's a tell-most
1: firecracker of a book absolutely uh zach anything else you want to say about that or you want to tell us about your uh tell us about your panel discussion uh scenario
0: uh, well, you know, they they did a really good job for a, a little town up north trying to put on the first book festival they've mm-hmm. done. Um, and, you know, it's one of these things where you go in knowing it's going to be small. You're trying to help, um, so you don't mind that it's going to be small. Uh, but when you get to the back of a mom-and-pop religious bookstore, and you see that there's five big, big tall chairs set up yeah. for the, the panelists...
1: Now what kind of chairs are we talking about like the like the kind that you have in like the bar at your kitchen kind of thing? No no those, these those these things? were
0: like the kind you'd see in most panels, you know they kind of make the people up a little higher so you can see oh, them better. Sure. Uh yeah. and and the kind where if you put your your water on the floor, you look weird trying to reach down to get it. Uh-huh. And and uh, there's five of them, and and I was, uh, you know, most of the people who were involved in this thing it was kind of a mix between like kind of local authors that live up in that small town and kind of write stuff relating to it, and they brought in some other Michigan authors. Uh, right. There was some people who who published with Ravel and and with and some people who published with some New York houses even that were there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, so there's me five of us. Then I look over to the other half of the room, and there's regular folding chairs set up, and uh, Ted, there's there's eleven of them. Okay. Wait, eleven chairs or eleven people? Eleven chairs, and and I'll just tell you, there were empty chairs during the panel.
1: So it wasn't it wasn't a full house. There was almost a, a one to one. Panelist to fan ratio going up
0: <laughs> in yeah, the yeah. room. Which, which uh, you know, when I worked in youth ministry, we always overly stressed you do not want to outnumber the youth with your volunteers and chaperones and such. Yeah. Um, because it makes for a weird dynamic, and and it, you know, the closer you get to that one to one, you know, the the sadder things kind of get. But that was at nine thirty in the morning. By the afternoon, the last panel I was on, uh, it was it was pretty well attended. Uh, and honestly, I love that little town. I had never really been there. I'd only been there for, uh, some, some athletic, uh, I, I want, all right, for swim meets. For swim meets. Make fun of me <laughs> for being on the swim team. Go ahead. Uh, Maybe, and.
1: I don't do that though. I'm not a, I'm not a make fun
0: guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. And, uh, I, I hated the town. I hated the town of Alpina. In fact, we had a name for it playing on the, the name of the town that you might be able to guess. Playing um, on
1: like the, the owl part?
0: No, not that part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> what part then the, I'm the awe at the end yeah it was we... <laughs> the <at> the end. <laughs> but but i i found that it's it's a charming town and I'd probably go back up for the next one because it was they they're gonna they're gonna get this thing huge you know yeah just like yeah. you know, the little Traverse city film festival starts small and gets big um and, and i don't know in in many ways it was a lot less sad than the enormous thing I had just gone to in dallas sure. uh, because it kind of knew it was small and charming and and Dude, and I like that. intimate
1: i like that it's all about knowing who you are you know? Yeah.
0: Now, do you still do, you know, uh, events and that sort of thing, or you just not have time? No, I do once in a
1: while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of when people ask and when, uh, when it fits in the schedule. So uh, I'm trying to think of the last thing like that that I did. Um, well,
0: while you, you know, think it, of
1: that, answer this
0: question. What, what's yeah. your ideal? I mean, if you're going to go to an event where you're going to have, you know, the, the lanyard that says Ted Kluck author, yeah. what, what's your favorite, you know, kind of setup, and, and what would it look like?
1: Oh, interesting, man. That's a good question. You know what? This is going to sound incredibly egotistical, but uh, I think I think my my favorite setup is where, like, I'm the speaker and I don't necessarily have to listen to a bunch of other stuff, um, (laughs) which makes the panel like a really uh, tough gig. I've been on some panels before. I think I was on uh, I was on the Breathe panel back or no, it was the Maranatha Christian Writers Conference. Did you ever do that gig? No, no. Yeah. They've had me out there on panels several times and panels are tough because, I mean, they're sort of like real life you know, group situations or parties or whatever, where there's always one guy that just talks forever.
0: And it's always the one who you'd want to just shut up. Yeah. yeah one so it's you always the hear person from who can't you, talk.
1: Yeah. It's always the person who you never want to hear from who just dominates the whole thing. So, uh, so yeah, panels are tough, but, um, like I've done a couple of gigs where they were like all day seminars on creative nonfiction where I speak like two or three times throughout the day. And, you know, there's breaks and lunch and, Um, those are really good gigs, man. Those are a blast actually. So that, that would probably be my ideal. So basically what I'm saying is a gig where, uh, I'm the star and the focal point and everyone is there to see me
0: (laughs) and make much of you as you and make
1: much of me. Yeah. 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 Is that too much to ask? I mean, yeah. And no one steals your books (laughs) and no one steals my books. You know what? That's another, I feel like that's. That's going on my rider permanent, you know. <laughs> zero book stealings. Zero book stealings. Yeah, like I want to. I want to go and then come back having had zero zero uh, pieces of my personal property stolen. You know, I feel like I place a high value on that.
0: It's, it's a real commentary in the times that we have to add that to the to the old rider.
1: Baby, we've been in some tough places together, you and me. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've seen a lot. We've done a lot. We've we've gone into some of these uh, some of these hard places, Zach, in our society. In
0: fact, where uh, what. I was trying to remember the other day. What was the name of the suburb where uh, where that theft happened? Uh, I don't remember. It, it's yeah. somewhere. Somewhere. It wasn't it where they make the ice cream. Uh, Hudsonville. Yeah.
1: Hudsonville. Hudsonville. That's it, man. Yeah, I knew it was somewhere in West Michigan. If you've never been to Hudsonville, Hudsonville's a tough town. You know? <laughs> it's a tough, gritty kind of kind of urban environment. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> you know what though? You can get it. You can you can buy. A a killer soft drink and uh, candy bar with the entire night's uh, kind of profits. the entire take
1: from from a book event. Well, the
0: take remains taken, back where you were. (laughs) (laughs) Taken. Taken
1: 2. It's a Liam Neeson movie. (laughs) We should go and liberate. Taken 7, you mean? Taken 7. Yeah, (laughs) Taken 7 is going to be Liam Liam Neeson going into that gentleman's home and liberating our uh, our product. A particular set of skills. (laughs) I would watch that movie. Oh baby, here's something to talk about. Okay, uh, I got a, a new shipment of uh, of my new book. Actually, I have yeah. a new uh, a new football book dropping this fall. Um, in addition to the other one that dropped uh, earlier this fall, it's called Pastime: Simulation Football Leagues, Living in the Past and Learning to Love Football Again. So this is sort of a a deep statistical analysis of uh, of pro football, kind of in the in the vein of Michael Lewis's Moneyball uh, for baseball. So the book is called Pastime. Uh, it's out on the Lions Press label and uh, should be available on uh, on Amazon.com real soon.
0: Now, didn't they make Moneyball into a movie?
1: They did make Moneyball into a movie.
0: Might they make this one into a movie? And if so, who would you want to have play you?
1: Oh man, that's a that's a great question. Well, the answer is uh, no. They will never make this into a movie because that <laughs> would that would involve me making lots of money and and having things just go incredibly right for me, and um, that. You know, with with history as an indicator, that uh, that that hasn't really happened, so I'm not uh, I'm not holding my breath. But if I were to have someone play me, wow, that's a really good question. Now, Brad Pitt played the main character in Moneyball, and uh, and I, and I have to say, I have to admit, and you know this already, I'm a huge Brad Pitt fan. So um, if I could have Brad, that would be amazing. Um, you know, the other the other guy whose uh, whose hair I really like is uh is is chris simsworth the guy who plays thor so you
0: talk a lot about that that gentleman
1: i do yeah so i feel like from a hair standpoint that could work really well but but really from like a personal vibe standpoint i think it would it would have to be john cusack man
0: okay okay
1: i think i'd go with johnny cusack who uh whose work i've always loved always really admired his stuff
0: (laughs) (laughs) now have you seen the racing movie that uh what's his name was in
1: dude i have yeah i'm ashamed to say that i have seen that is it good Yes, it is good, actually. it's um, Yeah, I mean, it's kind of Netflix good, if I could sort of introduce that as a category. Yeah, I. No, that makes sense. Yeah, i.e., like, I didn't pay money for it. I wouldn't necessarily pay money for it, but it was a really pleasant and interesting thing to watch on Netflix. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. I find that I don't watch any movies on Netflix. I only binge watch television shows.
1: Yeah, and Netflix has really sort of become the, the place to do that. Um, and I I watch fewer and fewer movies on it, but uh, but that that was a good one. That was a good Netflixer. And, Did you take um, my
0: uh my my recommendation yet? And 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 te- check into Person of Interest. Dude, no, I haven't. Talk about Person of Interest, though. What do you uh, What do you like about? Um, well, I I love everything about it because it is amazing. It's like Jason okay. Bourne, the show, sort of. Really? Wow. Um, yeah, only the the instead of being uh, Matt Damon, who even though I like a lot of the things he's in, I s- sort of don't like him. Okay. Um but it's got uh, instead it's got Jim Caviezel. Okay. Who no longer is Jesus. Now Cavieze. he's a guy who just beats the tar out of bad guys. Um it's amazing. Really.
1: And, I can't I can't uh I can't really imagine C- Caviezel doing that, man. He seems like such a gentle guy being the <laughs> you know, I know him as as Jesus.
0: Have you seen The Count of Monte Cristo? He beats the tar out of some bad guys in that one too. Dude, I
1: have. I actually like that movie. Yeah, that's it's pretty, that's a good money. Pretty good movie.
0: Well, let me ask you a couple more things about this book, though, man. Uh, first sure. of all, what is the – the? Uh, I don't know if maybe you don't have this down in, and I, <laughs> I looked it up, down in the volunteer state. Oh, yes, the volunteer state, of um, course, right? I, I don't understand that, but okay. Maybe that has to do with some kind of past military campaign or something, and like the first probably. guys to come forward were were Tennesseans or something. Yeah. Um. But But I know up here, I'm hearing a lot on the radio ads for – Fantasy football leagues where you actually, somehow it's legal, you go online and you make your thing and it's only one off each time. Yes. And you win
1: money. Yeah. Dude, that is the new, that's sort of America's way of legalizing sports gambling all over the country. When, uh, When in the past you used to have to go to Vegas to gamble on sports. Like you would have to be literally at a sportsbook or casino in Vegas that had it.
0: Or have a friend who wanted to bet on the game.
1: Yeah, or have a friend who wanted to bet on the game, exactly. But uh, but now, yeah, with these, uh, they call them one-week one fantasy leagues. Um, you know, you go online, you you put down some money, you draft a team, and, uh, and there are payouts every week. So I've never done it. And in fact, every time the commercial comes on, which is about once every two minutes uh, when you're watching a football game, Um, every time the commercial comes on, KK is like, you, you cannot do that (laughs) because she knows that it would, it could very easily become an addiction for me. And she is, uh, she is correct.
0: You'd be one of those, those like, uh, commercials where they're warning you, don't be like this guy.
1: Yeah. And it'd show me all like callow and pasty and I'd have like bags under my eyes and (laughs) like an old golf shirt with like a frayed collar, you know, pit stains. Yeah. Pit stains. And like the, like the, the collars all like frayed up by your beard, you know, (laughs) That's sad that's a sad thing
0: <laughs> well don't let it happen man you can't do that
1: i know i'm not i'm not gonna do it so i have, I have you and my wife holding me uh personally accountable there's
0: actually a covenant eyes just for that
1: there's a covenant yeah it's called uh it's called, it's it's called, called frizzle Fantasy... gray
0: beard yeah That's yeah. <laughs> called <laughs> it's called frayed collar frayed collar eyes <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> now why is it legal though that's what i don't understand i mean it's not well, legal to go online thing. and just bet outright on on football right Right, you can't do that, but uh but yeah,
1: you can apparently do this because it's uh I guess quote unquote a fantasy football product. It's just for entertainment or whatever. So, I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's it's you know, just semantics at this point, but uh but yeah, for whatever reason it's legal and uh and people are doing it in droves. I I've, I've heard uh oh, I don't know. I I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but yeah, I mean, it's just an ungodly amount of money that these companies are uh, are pulling in on this product. So, it's kind of crazy.
0: Are you are you done with your uh, long snapping book?
1: No, man. That one has a, a long end date, so I don't have to turn that in until March. So I'm just kind of like taking
0: my time on that one, which is nice. Let me so, tell you this. All of your sports books to date have made yeah. me go, oh, that's really fascinating. Even though I'm not a huge sports guy, I'm going to read that. Maybe that's cool. I don't think I'm going to read the long snapping book. That sounds like it is for sports devotees. No, only. no,
1: no, no, man. That, that one's got a really interesting arc in that, you know, it's kind of like you know, the middle-aged guy trying to do it one more time sort of thing. Because when I, when I last long snapped in a game, this was before I even knew you, I think. Um, it was in 2006. I was playing for this arena football team in battle Creek and, um, I snapped really badly and like lost my job. Uh, and I hadn't, I hadn't snapped a football for years after that, but a a year or so ago, I picked it up again, uh, started snapping in my basement, actually broke a window, uh, (laughs) old, old house. But, um, but I started snapping again with the idea that I wanted to do it at least one more time successfully in a game. Like I wanted to get it right uh, because it always bothered me that I, I sort of gave it up after it started going wrong. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm snapping all the time, man. I snap every day and uh, snap gotta, at your
0: kids, snap at your wife, snap at my uh,
1: snap at my kids, snap at my. In, in fact, I will uh, I will text you or email you uh, some video of me snapping uh, a ball, and you can put it up with this episode. All right.
0: Okay, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, now- exactly. Kind of random. Let me ask you this, man. Why have I not received a copy uh, of Three Week Professionals, uh, which came out on August 6th, Yeah, uh, in, in the mail from uh, Roman and Littlefield Publishers?
1: Well, I think it's probably because they suffer from the same problem that uh, it sounds like some of your publishers had. Ah. And, um, if I could capsulize that problem in one sentences, uh, one sentence, it would be, marketing people who do nothing. So... <laughs> In the sense that, like you and I send along a list of, um, you know, of, of influencers or people who we want to receive the book, and um, nothing is done with that uh, with that information. So, you know, if I had to, if I had to put a fine point on it, that would probably be it.
0: If you're wondering <laughs> what you should do, read the Gut Check Guide to Publishing. Ooh, I like To be that. determined. Publish uh, uh, drop date.
1: Drop date to be determined, but uh, but it's in process now. I think I've written like five thousand words, man. Dude, so, I gotta uh, catch up. Yeah, yeah, catch up, and uh, we'll get this thing out there post-haste, man. The world needs this.
0: I think this one should be a little longer than our average fare, man.
1: I think it should, too, man. I think it should, too. I think we should just uh, just pour our hearts out on this one, baby, you know?
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be like the the Smoking Companion, in that it'll be a funny mix, uh, you know, entertainment, ha-ha, and then actual kind of instruction and information and stuff that's useful, um, but all from the gut-check kind of snarky, sarcastic uh, voice.
1: Exactly. Baby, you want to hear, speaking of uh, of information and instruction, do you want to hear something weird? Yeah. So uh, one of the gentlemen who I, who I host uh, my other podcast with, um, who is not John Piper's kid. Let's just okay. leave it at that. Uh-huh. I'm on a podcast with two other guys. One of them happens to be John Piper's kid. Um, so the one who isn't kind of emailed me out of the blue a couple of weeks ago and was like, hey, do you want to host a webinar on... Publishing on taking a book from idea to completion. Oh, cool! And, uh, yeah, he's charging people a bunch of money for it, and uh, he's taking like ten, 10 people, like ten enrollees, and uh, and we're gonna split the money. So, so that's coming up um, in like a week or two. So,
0: how do people yeah. sign up for that?
1: People sign up for that. Yeah, they go. They can go to uh, theblazingcenter.com. dot is it. dot com.
0: And uh, you've been doing some writing for the Blazing Center, no? Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, did a book review this past week, um, and I did a, a article about, uh, a really sarcastic article. And I was like, okay. I'm glad I found a place that, that appreciates my sarcasm. Yeah, I think I'm going to become a, a semi-regular contrib on, on that. I, I really A like place the where you can be caustic that. and toxic, yeah, right? right? And and the difference between like my own personal blog, where I'm I'm also permitted to be really really sarcastic, sarcastic yeah. if you will, sarcastic, <laughs> is that uh, the Blazing Center uh, has readers. So okay. there are people yeah. who actually go on it and and uh, they go on it. I think mostly for kind of the Barnabas Piper and Stephen Otrogi and Marco Otrogi. But if I happen to be kind of floating around in there too, uh, they might read my stuff, and so that's that's kind of fun.
1: Baby, I think they will read your stuff, man. They absolutely will.
0: Now, this webinar thing—if it goes well—is it—is it going to turn into kind of an enterprise or what?
1: Boy, you know, I just—I have no idea, and I have no idea how it's going to go. So, yeah, this was a, this was all Stephen Altrogi's uh, brainchild. So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. Zach, kind of in the midst of uh, of all the the jadedness and being ruined, and, and just the the deep dark uh, place that you're that you're at right now, vis-a-vis <laughs> publishing and your own career and really your own life. Um, <laughs> And considering the fact that you can barely drag yourself out of bed in the morning, and and you know every day is just a grind in which you're you're you know just barely pulling on like the the golf shirt with the frayed collar and the, <laughs> and the chicken grease stains on it, um, <laughs> is there anything good going on for you right now? Any anything exciting on the horizon? Well, and you mean in the publishing
0: end of things? In the publishing end of things. Because sure. I mean, I do have a wonderful family and an awesome church and this kind of stuff. But oh, no, uh, I know that. I know that. Uh, but uh, there's a there's a gentleman that you and I both know. Uh, and our listeners know, yeah, uh, he's the kind of guy who, um, if he walked into you know a, a store and saw it being robbed, he would probably pull out a sword and kill the guy robbing the store. Yes, Do you know what I'm yeah, talking. about? Yeah, I know
1: exactly that kind of guy, and yeah. I also know the actual guy that you're talking
0: about. <laughs> he he told me, um, that well, when I was at kind of in in the uh, really dark kind of uh, back hallway, if yeah. you will. You know how there's like the the hallway that you go to because it's awkward and you want to go to the hallway for comfort. Yes. But then there's like the dark, musty kind of hallway with just like the single flickering light bulb.
1: There's the hallway that you just
0: happen into and you're yeah. a little bit scared to be there. Is that so the hallway like P, your- That's the that's hallway a- I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and he let me know that... Insider information redacted. Drink all natural organic Guru Energy drink. www.guruenergy.com now, uh,
1: now, where do you think this guy is and what do you think he's doing exactly? Knowing what we know about this guy.
0: Hmm.
1: That sounds like an interesting that sounds like an interesting kind of recurring segment. It does. It sounds like it could be a recurring where? segment. Like, like, yeah. What do you think this guy is doing at this very moment? And I'll, I'll get us started, Zach. This could maybe where prompt. is Cliff Graham and what is, what is Cliff Graham doing right now? What is Cliff Graham doing right now? That's, that's the, the working title of the segment, at least at the moment. And I envision him, and, and I'll see if I can paint this word picture for you. You know how guys like, of a certain kind, like they sit by a fire, like a campfire with like something they've killed, sort of on the fire and crackling. Okay. And they eat that thing like off the blade of a knife, okay. you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, they they've got knife it like a serrated sort of, edge, yeah, like they, they've got it between like their thumb and their forefinger, and they're just sort of eating the the flesh of something that they've killed off the knife i I envision him doing that next to a fire,
0: yeah, I don't think does you're, that makes sense. I, don't, I, I does, but I don't think you're yeah. accurate as to what he's doing right now, okay because um, I, I, when, I, when I imagine that that scenario it's it's nighttime, and, and oh, right you're right, now, yes, yeah, it would be nighttime. Uh, I think that my my answer to the the kind of contemplative question, "Where is Cliff Graham right now?" is <laughs> yeah. he is on a basketball court. What? Uh, somewhere in a, in an inner city situation. Okay. There he, he's he's with he's he's playing basketball with some kids who are kind of um, uncoordinated and and unpopular, and he's doing it to, <laughs> to help their self esteem. And oh my goodness! Right now. Somebody- so he's in
1: a 1990s DC Talk music video, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes.
0: And and there are some bullies, okay, who happen by, who often give a tough time to those kids. Yes, and they do. rather some than football. just beat them down, like all the people watching the show, somehow it turned into a TV show. Yeah. Uh, want him to do? Maybe it's an after-school special. It, it's uh, Jimmy oh, eats something. Mean, <laughs> he's he's going to help the bullies recognize uh, that they're just you know they themselves are really afraid, and and that they they okay. also need. Uh, you know, to kind of find their inner man, and he's going to kind of solve the situation that way. That's that's so, kind of what so, I see him doing on an afternoon right now. Like, And I see everybody up. I see everybody putting
1: down the basketballs, and then he, like, introduces bows and arrows and teaches the bullies how to shoot.
0: That sounds she, awesome. Yeah, how yeah. to shoot
1: targets with and
0: arrows. And, like, uh, like uh, alley-ooping the ball, like the hard bounce so that it goes up toward the hoop, and then everyone kind of draws back an arrow, and they all skewer the basketball with arrows. So the basketballs are back in your scenario. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Our scenarios are, are a little bit different, but it sounds like we're on the same page.
0: I don't know. In my scenario,
1: s- like all the, all the sort of world-weary and beleaguered parents of these little bullies come and sort of encircle the, uh, the, the blacktop basketball court and begin clapping for Cliff <laughs> at the end. That's sort of the end, and then the, and then the, credit, the, the credits will roll.
0: Hey, come here a minute, Calvin. My my kid is just kind of like creeping around in the background, like he needs. Does you have a
1: scenario? Where Where does he think Cliff is right now? What What do you
0: got there, man? No, I I only time I ever saw it was when I put it down in your bedroom. You want to be on the podcast? No, thank you. All right. Hi, Calvin. Uncle Ted <laughs> says hi. He just laughed.
1: Folks, we have wandered far and wide, uh, <laughs> to and fro through this podcast. And you yawning. might even say we've, we've wandered into Zach's office like Zach's son, uh, Calvin, just did. <laughs> and um, it's been a pleasure to uh, to talk with you, to share this space, if you will, and uh, look for our new book on publishing. Also, go to gutcheckpress.com, uh, enlist in the Gut Check Army, and get a free uh, sample from that book uh, entitled How to Work with Various Editors in Christian Publishing. So do all that. Uh, Send us some free stuff. Do it. No, I'm serious. Do it. And we will see you next time.